Thank you for tuning in. We'll get to your program right after this short word from our sponsor. Balance Virtually provides full-service financial planning services for small businesses, nonprofits, and startups. We can help you manage your monthly reporting, bank and credit card reconciliations, budget and forecasting, payroll services, and much more. To schedule a consultation with a certified public accountant with over 16 years of experience helping people like you, visit balancevirtually.com. Balance Virtually, your locally owned full-service financial planning service company. This podcast is produced and distributed by BizRadio Asheville. To receive the free BizRadio app, just text the word Asheville to 36260. That's Asheville to 36260. With the app, you can easily enjoy this program and other local programming podcasts on demand. Welcome to the Veronica Edwards Show, where we have fun financial conversations that everyone listening can apply to their personal and professional life. I'm your host, Veronica Edwards, and I'm so excited to be back another week on my brand new show on Biz Radio Asheville. As always, I want to thank Matt Matan, the founder, my mentor, for giving me this opportunity. And I also want to thank my guest from last week, Ms. Tierra Wilkie, owner of Groundbreaking Financial. But with that said, let's jump into today's show because we have an outstanding guest. Um, this guest, actually, I met on a speed date. <laughs> <laughs> Three years ago at the Asheville Chamber of Commerce, AKA the Networking Roundtable. And I also met Matt Matan that same day. But Jackie, oh, well, already cat out the bag. Uh, Jackie, I met the first person that I met. So from the moment I met Jackie, she was kind, she was generous, she was selfless. She was kind enough to ask me to be on the board of the foundation where she's the executive director of. Um, without further ado, I would like to introduce the best executive director I know, I know is the best executive director in all of Western North Carolina, Miss Jackie Latek, executive director of the Spark Foundation. Welcome, Jackie. Oh my gosh. Thank you, Veronica. That was such a nice <laughs> introduction. That was a fun day, wasn't it? It was so fun. I feel like it was like March of 2018. I just started my business. I had no clients. I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I met two of one of the most important people in my life. And I met you and I met Matt. Yep. I'm so glad I was there. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. So how have you been? How's things been treating you now that things are starting to open up a little bit? Oh man, I'm, I'm doing really good, mostly because I'm leaving town tomorrow to go camping at the beach. Oh, so I love that. Ask me how I am right now. I am, I'm feeling great, ready to pack up the car and, and get on out of town for a little bit. Um, but yeah, you know, things are, things are starting to open up. I think spring and vaccinations have brought a bit more hope to everybody. Mm -hmm. um, we're having the opportunity to finally get to be in person with people every once in a while. Yes. And, and that's just, it, that has just been so nice. There's a couple of new people, new colleagues out in the world here in Asheville that I've wanted to meet. And it is just so much ni nicer to be able to sit with them in person and get to know them uh, versus over the virtual. So I'm feeling, feeling really hopeful. We're headed in a good direction these days. Yeah, me too. And, and, you know, May is my birth month. So I really bust loose. This is when I really get into my rare Veronica form. So everybody watch out, <laughs> watch out. So, so Jackie, I want you, before we talk about spark and all the great things you've done for the past five years with spark, I just want you to tell the listeners a little bit about you, how you um, came to Asheville, how you got into social work, how you have these beautiful black 
children. You know, I always got to shout out your black kids. I love that. And, you know, just tell us a little bit about you. All right. Well, um, let's see. I've got to really go back. You got to go back. You know, I was I was one of those kids in college. I really wasn't sure what I wanted to do. Um, but I ended up in Boulder, Colorado when I was 21 because I wanted to be in the Rocky Mountains. Oh, that sounds so cool. And did I ski my butt off and hike? And it was amazing out there. And I started working at a shelter for at-risk teenagers. They had a short-term shelter and then some long-term independent living programs. And and that is when I kind of first dipped my toe into this kind of work and understanding um, what families go through uh, when they are struggling and how that impacts children. Um, and so that's that's really where it all began. And I just, I've, I've never left it. Um, I tried to leave it once and I, I came right back to it. Uh, <laughs> so, um, but, you know, Boulder back then, 20 years ago, Boulder was already full charging towards their affordable housing crisis. Mm-hmm. Really, like what I'm seeing here in Asheville is is a lot of what Boulder went through. Um, and as somebody working for a nonprofit, you know, I always had a lot of roommates out there, which was fine in my 20s. But but as I was starting to get close to my 30s, it was it was getting difficult to see myself really being able to set down roots in Boulder because I wasn't going to be able to afford a house there. Uh-huh. And so, um, so made the move to Asheville and, you know, another place that had mountains that um, uh-huh. I could, could spend some time in and was a smaller community and was just really cool. You know, 16, 17 years ago um, is when I came to town and, I'm just so grateful that I have, because like you said, uh, this is where I found my children. Yes. Uh, I did. I did not birth those three children. <laughs> um, the, the stork dropped them on my doorstep when they were one, seven and eight years old. Oh, um, oh, they were precious and adorable. And I was a foster parent and was, you know, because of doing that group homework back in Boulder, um, Sort of really saw what happens when kids get put into placements and removed from their homes. Uh-huh. So really wanted to just offer that temporary safe space for kids and get them back home to their parents. And these little three nuggets showed. <laughs> that, and they're all biological uh, they're brothers and siblings. Sisters. Yep. So they all came together in one package and they were supposed to stay for two weeks. And how long has it been now, Jackie? 11 years now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and you have such a beautiful family. And that was one of the first things that I noticed when I met you at the the networking roundtables that you had this beautiful cup and it was your your youngest son at the time was in the cup. And I was like, who's this cute little black boy? And you said, this is my son. I said, we're going to be friends. (laughs) Well, that cute little boy is, uh, he is now a full grown teenager. Oh, no. He sleeps until 12. Um, He wants to stay up really late, and he tucks me into bed. We have (laughs) flip-flops. I no longer tuck him in. He comes into the room. He says goodnight to the dogs. He pats me on the head, and out he goes. And he usually goes straight to the kitchen and makes himself something, you know, midnight snack. Yes. Well, I love that. So now, Jackie, tell us about Spark. What does it stand for? What are the services? You have been the only executive director of Spark since its um, a creation about five years ago. And I know that we've been getting some buzz on the news because I also sit on the board as the treasurer and I'm proud of what's been going on. But for those that don't know anything about Spark, can you um, provide us some information about Spark? 
Absolutely. Would love to. So, so here's where I want to start with this today, Veronica. Um, there's a couple of beliefs we have at Spark that are true, <clears throat> I think, not only for the people we serve, but also for all of us who are, the, uh, who are involved, staff, everybody. And, and one of those main beliefs is no one is perfect. And, and probably because I've made a lot of mistakes in my life, I've had to come to that realization. Um, but here's, here's the, the other part of it. When we make a mistake, and we inevitably do in life, when we make mistakes, to recover from those mistakes, we need around us our friends and our family who support us. Exactly. Fresh perspectives. We need new resources. And in this world, we very quickly sometimes when people make mistakes, want to yank them from all of those things that they really need to recover. And we stick them in, in some far off facility, whether it's prison, mm-hmm. whether it's some kind of mental health facility, whether it's foster care. We yank people out of out of their safe zones um, and and expect that that is going to produce recovery for them. And, and I see that a little differently. I think those institutions have a place in our society, but I think we move to them as a solution far too quickly. Um, so what we are trying to do at Spark is offer those things. Uh, those resources, those perspectives, those supports to people so that they can stay in their home community and and don't need to go off um, to try to find healing and recovery somewhere else, which is really difficult. So um, an example of of how we're doing that, um, we work closely with the Department of Social Services and families that are engaged in that service um, where families may have been disrupted Um, because of abuse or neglect, so children have been put into foster care. Um, We want to work with the parents um, to give them the skills and resources they need so that their children can return home um, successfully. We can also do that with families before they're disrupted, so we really want to do some prevention work with those same families, Mm -hmm. but providing them those skills so that their kids can stay in their homes, because it's really damaging to kids to get pulled from their homes. Um, and I have, you know, with my own kids, knowing their story, um, you know, it's just, it is really close to home for me, um, the population of kids and how many kids end up going um, into a home that's no longer theirs. Uh, yeah. And, and that's, and that's just real quick, I want to say, Jackie, that's, I just want to highlight that because that's one thing I feel that really sets Spark Foundation apart is that we try to do proactive things and we try to do things with not only what we would call victims, but also those that are inflicting harm, you know, like so that they can better understand. And I think that needs to happen or we'll just keep having these generational uh, situations. And we just want to, like you said, give people the right tools so we can stop those what people might say is a generational curse. Absolutely. And I think that's a that's a perfect segue. It's almost as if we planned it. (laughs) Another service we provide, you know, so uh, the county here in Buncombe, Um, has a focus on reducing domestic violence. And our piece in that work is providing the services to the offenders. So as you're saying, uh, we, if we want to truly reduce domestic violence in our community, we have to address the people who are committing that violence. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is, that is the work that we do. So we provide group uh, services and individual services for that population. Um, And then we also work with individuals who are returning home from incarceration who will have all the inevitable challenges of finding housing, finding a job, 
um, getting back on their feet. Um, and so we provide um, support to get folks um, back to a place where they are, are stable and living healthy. So those are some of the, the main services that we provide. That's awesome. And, and one thing on the show I like to provide to listeners is just different tips or any type of advice. And again, I'm not trying to just be very complimentary to Jackie because I sit on her board. Jackie is an outstanding executive director. And even before COVID, she's had to balance cash flow and timing of when we get grants and writing the grants and kind of being the, the executive director, the HR person maintenance, whatever needs to happen. What are some tips, Jackie, that you could provide to other nonprofits listening? How do you survive those first five years? Even in, and it is still a business. So really any business owner, what would you say was some of the key things that you had to just really dig deep to ensure that Spark would be successful? Yeah, that's such a good question. And boy, I wish I had somebody asking and answering this question (laughs) in the early days. Um, you know, the first place I would start really is <clears throat> thinking about what the experience you want your staff to have within your agency. So um, with with Spark, it's not only about the services we provide to the community, it's about um, what kind of work culture we're providing to the people that are in our house. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> that culture, um, I feel is very important. So figuring out what if you're if you're growing a nonprofit, what is the culture you want to have and then work at that every day? That's going to be critical. That's going to help you maneuver through some of the inevitable challenges that will come if you have a strong culture. So I don't think you can overstate the value of having having a culture that you decide on, not one that just kind of creeps up because of different personalities. But be focused on on your culture. Um, but on the financial side of things, Oh man, it is a total roller coaster. Mm-hmm. And, and that is something that you just, you want to make sure you have the, um, the ability to take care of yourself through those roller coasters. You've got to find board members who can help you through those roller coasters. And that's where I have been uh, the luckiest ED out there in the land. Um, that's why when I met you and saw your passion and excitement and knowledge of what you do was like, oh my gosh, I, I need help mm-hmm. from like this. We were a small nonprofit. I did not have a full-time financial person. Um, And so using those board seats to bring in the expertise that you are lacking. And then as you grow, you may hire those, that expertise, but that has been critical to us. We couldn't have survived without that kind of support. And we have it in all different ways in our board seats. Um, I think knowing your partners and your funders, um, understanding their systems of payments, um, because you you will get surprised about things. So having a diverse revenue line will be critical when you don't get that payment you were expecting. Yes. And when I just want to say, and when we say diverse, that just means that you're not getting a majority of your income from just one provider. Um, and I know that's hard because in the beginning, in any business, a lot of times you have one or two clients that are basically paying the bills, but you want to try to have it where not just one you know, a person that's providing income is more than 50% because it does make it really hard where Jackie, we've experienced nine month delays <laughs> in yep. getting payment. So it, it gets real. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that has saved us tremendously having a, having other funders who are able to, to make their payments while we waited on others. It's constant. So 
yeah, breathe deep through those through those cash flow challenges. That's all you can do, and, and maybe uh, find a bank who will give you a loan. <laughs> exactly. And I definitely want to plug again Mountain Biz Works because they provided us our first loan when nobody wanted to give us a loan. And that's what Mountain Biz Works specializes in because they know when you're a startup, you don't have any credit. Nobody wants to give you any money or they're nervous. So I just want to plug um, MountBizWorks.org, which is a nonprofit that helps for-profit and nonprofit um, startups and local businesses. So Jackie, one thing that you said before we move on to different things that Spark has going on in 2021 and how people can learn more about how they can support is that you said working on the culture. And to me, that's something that can be applied in nonprofit, for-profit, in anything in life. And I think this is where people miss the mark. And that's what makes you so great is that, you know, before I can help anybody outside of my organization, I need to make sure that I'm leading within my organization and making sure that I have the right people, that they're happy. Um, the biggest feedback when we just did your annual evaluation was that we were you were sending out these weekly newsletters during COVID. And that communication was so key to ensure that people still know that even though we're not in the office every day, even though we don't know how things are going to turn out, I'm still, you know, the leader of this organization and I'm just going to keep giving you the facts. I'm going to keep encouraging you. And I just personally want to thank you for that because that did provide a lot of calm. And you need that when you're in a leadership position, when, you know, there's going to be things that come up like a pandemic. Hopefully this is the last time. <laughs> Never what? know. Never know. So, well, with that being said, being that we had a pandemic and money got tight, like all other folks um, that was dealing with this in the last year, how can people support Spark? And, and what are some events um, that we maybe have on the books that we could tell people about? Yeah. So, you know, we're still looking at, you know, how do we keep people safe, but consider start planning for some get togethers in person. I know folks are going to be ready. So we had our, our first um, really annual fundraiser two years ago it was called Spark After Dark. It's in That's the fall. Amazing. It was amazing. Oh, man, we had such a great time. We were down at Smoky Park Supper Club. Um, we had the best band in Modern Strangers, and we really want to be able to just redo that because it was just so much fun. So we are hoping, yes. you know, if if we can, that, that that happens in early October, so Spark After Dark. Um, we will be announcing this on all of our social media pages as opportunities for us to get together um, and do things. Um, anybody can find us on Facebook and Instagram. Um, at the Spark Foundation. You also can go to our website and that's thesparkfoundation.org. Mm -hmm. um, if you sign up for our newsletter, you just scroll to the bottom of our website, but sign up for that and then you'll get monthly updates um, of what's happening and my monthly pontificating and um, but the, some also, um, Pamela who does our newsletter does a fantastic job. Yes. And she also, um, ensures that she is highlighting, um, either staff in the organization or other individuals in the community who are doing important community work. So this newsletter isn't just about spark. It is about, um, our place in this community and the other people who stand very close next to us in doing this work. So there's always lots of really good information in there. So I really would encourage folks um, to look there. Um, you know, there's always the donate button on the website. If, if someone is feeling called 
um, to put money towards any of these services for families and adults. And, and we appreciate anything that anybody um, can bring to the table for us. Yes, I was just going to add the sparkfoundation.org. Donate today. The donate today <laughs> button as the treasure. Please donate today. And, uh, you know, Jackie, uh, Pamela and I, we were talking about now that Spark is about to be five years old. We are thinking about us having maybe a virtual birthday party. And that's a, a way that people can learn more about us and donate as well. So stay tuned for that, listeners, as well, because I do feel like now that things are opening up, we're kind of getting into our season of fundraising and just getting the word back out about the Spark Foundation. Absolutely. So, well, also, well, Jackie, we are getting to the end of the show, and I just appreciate you so much for everything that you've done for the Spark Foundation, because another big thing is it really lowers recidivism, people going in and out of jails, and, you know, we do the kind of non-sexy work that a lot of people don't talk about, but if it's not happening, we would see a lot more broken homes, more crimes, people misplaced where they're really don't need to. So I just, again, want to personally thank you. And I want to thank you for coming on the show and making time before your vacation. I'm very excited for you on that. I know your birthday is also in May, correct? Oh, it is. Yep. Yay. So we'll both be turning 21 this year. That's right. Well, also, well, again, you guys know you could go to the sparkfoundation.org uh, to find out more information about Spark. I just want to thank, again, all the listeners for tuning in. Please come back next week, same place, same time at 4.30 p.m. on Fridays. You can stay connected to all things Biz Radio Asheville by going to bizradioashville.com. Or you can get the app by entering in 36260 as the contact and texting Asheville to that number. So that is, again, 36260 to Asheville. So, again, Jackie, thank you. Enjoy your well-deserved vacation, and I'll be in touch soon. Awesome. Thank you, V. This was so fun. Thank you. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you just heard, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and be sure to visit bizradio.us to find hundreds of other engaging conversations, local events, and more.